0: Welcome back, everybody, for Every Game of Sunday Fantasy Football. Today, we're going to go ahead and get into our running back rankings. I'm going to give you guys our rankings for 24 through 13. Now, remember, these are our consensus rankings, so these are not our individual rankings. But um, obviously, you'll be able to tell by how we're talking a little bit, uh, where we differ, where we agree, things of that sort. i uh, here are my co host today. Brandon Harewood, Michael Tilly, how you guys doing?
1: Doing good, man. Ready to get back into it. It's been a minute since we dropped an episode, but I'm excited for this one. Yeah,
0: I'm really
2: excited. We're gonna have a great running back episode for you guys today. So, listen
0: up. Yeah. So, uh, right now we got the pre- first preseason game of the year going on. Uh, the sorry Steelers and uh, the Cowgirls. Stop it. But um, I'm not gonna get too much into that. Uh. From my stellar boys over here <laughs> but uh, yeah we're gonna go ahead and jump right in um and coming in at number 24 we have kareem hunt of the cleveland browns um yeah i'm just gonna let these guys kind of give you where they feel about where he's going like i said like we usually do uh where if they were taking where he's going um what they expect from him this year and kind of you know a little stats for you guys from last year
1: yeah i mean i'm probably the lowest out of three of us on kareem hunt in my opinion it's not that I don't think he's a good running back because I think he is a great running back. He's proved that time and time again, but the fact that he has Nick Chubb as the starting running back does not help his situation at all. So look at his numbers from last year. Um, week one through eight, he was an RB seven. That's a top 12 running back, but he falls off. week nine through 17 to RB 17. with really only one game and his touches were really low. Um, I look at him to be more of a receiving back this year. All of his threats are going to come through the air unless Chubb gets hurt. Other than that, I mean I see him as a low end RB2. There are some guys that I think are interchangeable with him, who I might bring up later. But uh yeah, I mean he's he's a good low end RB2 slash, you know, put him in your flex if you can get lucky enough to have him there.
2: Like Tilly said, Cream Hunt is an extremely talented running back, but he is so difficult to rank ever since he joined the Browns. And I honestly believe that if he was in a backfield by himself, he easily has the talent to be a top 15 running back in the league. And we look back on his career. That's exactly where he was before coming to the Browns. I mean, in 2018, as a rookie, he finished fourth uh, amongst running backs and 11th uh, in 2019, where he only played 11 games, which is kind of crazy. But the only thing holding him back, in my opinion, is the fact that he's playing behind one of the best pure rushers in the league of Nick Chubb. Uh, even then, he finished within the top 10 last year where he was able to benefit from Nick Chubb going down with injury. But uh, since joining Brown- since joining the Browns, he's been a pretty consistent running back. But his upside is capped heavily due to his limited touches from splitting work with Chubb. Uh, I feel that I feel that he has now become very touchdown dependent, but makes up for his rushing limitations with his role in the passing game, where the Browns utilize him all over the field. But with Chubb healthy, Hunt, in my opinion, is a consistent low end RB two or flex. He is someone you can expect to get maybe about 10 to 15 points from you, from him on a week-to-week basis. But if Chubb does suffer from injury, Hunt is the best backup in the league, in my opinion. And as he showed last year, he would have the potential to be a top 10 as a starter. Um, But, yeah, as long as he's the backup, I see him being no more than a low-end RB2. I
0: view him more as a high-end flex than than a low-end RB2. But, I mean, he's the best handcuff in fantasy to me personally. Um, Nick Chubb does does go down and yeah I mean like Tilly says receiving upside is going to help him keep him on the field but it's just about how much they actually target him this year in terms of what they did last year so we'll just kind of see how that goes from here Mm -hmm. but coming in at number 23 we're going to have Raheem Mostert of the San Francisco 49ers I'm not really sure I'm not going to take too long but I'm a little mixed on where I have him because I feel like talent wise he can be a top 24 running back Opportunity-wise, I just don't know what to expect. I view him similar to Hunt, like not no passing work like that, but more of a high-end flex and majority of leagues anyway.
1: We know how they are in San Francisco if they're running back kind of by committee. We've seen that the past couple of years with, I mean, the emergence of uh, honestly four guys, and I guess it was last year, the year before. There were four different running backs that you could have on any given week that would lead the backfield in touches and although i don't think it's gonna be four guys i do think that they didn't draft trey sermon for no reason out of ohio state um, i think he is a great running back and i do think towards the end of the season he's going to pick up the majority of the workload but obviously we're talking about the season as a whole and i think most will carry it for um, a significant portion the one thing that does concern me though is We haven't got clear word of the quarterback situation. I know they're saying that um, Trey Lance is playing great, but Jimmy G is always, you know, going to be there too. And whoever starts is going to have to really move the ball down the field for, I think, the running game to get going. You can't be playing from behind and expect to run the ball like they were last year. Um, The one thing, if you do draft him, you just got to make sure you get Trey Sermon, in my opinion. Otherwise, you know, you might be in trouble come the end of the season if you're expecting Mostert to start in your fantasy lineup.
2: And before I get into my take, I had a quick question for you guys. Do you feel as though it benefits Raheem Mostert more if Trey Lance is the quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback?
0: I would say Garoppolo. Just because I,
2: I'm. But as,
1: as a season whole, or for, say, Trey Lance comes in in game eight. You think that it will benefit him for the back half or the beginning? Like do you think that beginning of the season most will do better than he would with Lance at quarterback later in the season?
0: Coming from a Ravens fan, I know this is gonna contradict everything, I believe. But literally it just scares me. Even with Lamar, they know like I'm high on JK, but even these guys know like sometimes it scares me because I just have a quarterback that at any point can rush for a hundred yards, like and it just kind of scares me it takes away from my running back like that. It does make the offense harder to guard though if Lance is playing well. So I I get what you're saying about Lance. I just think with Garoppolo, like, I kind of know most like gonna get the ball. Most I'm not not gonna have to worry about any play like some play boot play where he just, Trey Lance just takes it right out of his hand. and just goes 30 yards like Lamar does with JK sometimes. So I guess it's the only thing that scares me with him.
2: Yes, yeah, we're trying to like find that balance because like, like you said, he could definitely take away those goal line touchdowns. But at the same time, it could open up running lane. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do make that change. But as far as how I feel about Raheem Moster, he was a difficult player to rank. And um, we look at his situation now. There's honestly a lot to like. He's on a running offense with offensive mastermind Kyle Shanahan as the coach. Um, the 49ers should easily. Um, be a very competitive team this year. So I have no doubts that he will have the opportunity to be great. I mean, when you look at his tape, he's a very explosive running back who is a hard nosed runner. Um, He isn't afraid to run somebody over. And he also has the ability to catch balls in the pass game. And he has the speed to take yards to the house at any given time. But he's a guy who doesn't need a ton of carries also. And he's a guy who knows how to get in the end zone as well. Uh, When he broke out, at the end of his 2019 season, he went on a stretch where he scored seven touchdowns in the last six games of the regular season, which was incredible. Um, the only worry I have with him is that he dealt with a lot of injuries last season. He had an ankle and a knee injury, so I'm hoping he does come back 100%. Um, the 49ers also brought in Wayne Gallman from New York this offseason, who was a serviceable back, serviceable back. Um, for New York when Saquon Barkley was out last season. Um they also drafted Trey Sermon, as Tilly mentioned. And that's not even mentioning Jeff Wilson, who I thought looked very good towards the end of last season. But uh and the I'm not cons- Wayne Goleman. Oh yeah, that Wayne Gallman. don't don't sleep on that Wayne Gallman. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not concerned the fact that Mostert is splitting time. Is that's what the 49ers do. They usually don't commit to solely one back. Um, but Mostert has always received around 11 to 15 carries. So as long as he's healthy and performs well enough to maintain that starting role, he should be a solid flex or low end RB two with tons of upside.
0: Coming in at number 22. Yeah. Coming in at number 22, we have miles Gasson of the Miami dolphins. He's definitely a wild card when it came out ranking, just because we don't know if he's the, he should be the lead guy, but we can't confirm like if he's going to get the lead work like he did last year. So, I mean, I'm excited about Gasson this year. He, somebody's my guy in here. I'll let him uh, do his talk about him and uh, why he loves him so much.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, let me go ahead and start off with Miles Gaskins. Like Miles Gaskins is a guy who I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on this season. Um, he's currently the starting running back on the Miami Dolphins, who is a team that a lot of people are excited for next year. Um, I feel like he was a silent assassin last year because he wasn't a big name by any means. But when you look back at his game log from 2020, he was exceptional every time he touched the field. His major downside was the fact that he missed nearly half the season last year due to injury, but when you look at his finish in each game, the lowest amount of points he gave you in a game last year was 10.6 in PPR leagues. He also finished the season off on a high note where he dropped 34 fantasy points in the championship game in week 16, which I feel just shows what his potential upside could be in big games. Uh, he also has a very encouraging strength of schedule, where the Dolphins have the fifth easiest schedule in the league. Where I feel like he'll take full advantage of that. I think it's important to mention that the Dolphins did bring in Mal- Malcolm Brown this offseason, who could take away some goal line opportunities. Gaskins, but I'm not necessarily worried because Gaskins shown that he can produce both on the ground and in the pass game. So I believe he'll definitely be a three down back. I'm really excited for him this year and I'm really expecting a breakout for him. Uh, He's just so good and he's just so consistent. Last year he had a higher fantasy points per game averages than David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Austin Eckler. Chris Carson, who are all very great backs. So as long as he stays healthy and makes improvements in the touchdown category, he's definitely still in the draft this year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for me, you know, I like him. I just think he's kind of a wild card. You know, Um, the Dolphins, we haven't heard much out of the Dolphins training camp. And what we have heard is absolutely nothing about the backfield situation. Um, I do like Miles Gaskin. I think that 47 targets in 10 games for him is a amazing number, especially for PPR and half PPR leagues. That just shows that he's going to get the ball, especially when obviously it's thrown his way. Concern for me is the three rushing touchdowns last year. Now, I know he didn't play in all of the 16 games, but that number does just concern me a little because we don't want Malcolm Brown to be Mr. Touchdown Stealer. Uh,
0: he was... RB twenty eight and he missed six games last year. That's it's pretty high for him to only have played ten games. Like, and not in my opinion, I'm not saying he will finish higher, but for somebody to miss six games and still finish as a top thirty RB, that's really tough. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get into our next guy. He's probably the one guy here, but you kind of look at your up and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Um, but sometimes if you're going zero RB, or you're gonna be forced to. And I like, like, like Jordan
2: George. Howard Jr.
0: Yeah, there we go. Emmanuel <laughs> Eckley <exit> Power. <laughs> Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, I'm going to let them take it away. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying.
2: Go ahead, Tilly.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to sound like some of Josh Jacobs' haters. I'm not going to lie. That's exactly what we're about to sound like. Um, I don't hate them by any means. I just think that their Raiders' offense is horrible. I mean, we've talked about it in the tight end episode. Aaron Waller is their only threat down the field. No offense to Henry Ruggs, but he didn't prove us anything last year. I mean, you want to run the ball with no passing threat and Derek Carr is your quarterback, good luck. They're going to stack the box against you. I mean, he's about definitely Kyle a Brown. good... Yeah, okay, but still, my point, Derek Carr is still their quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, he's a guy that's going to find the end zone when they're in the red zone, I'm not going to lie. Um, but my only worry is... Like I said, getting to the red zone. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't have much to say about it. Uh, 65% of their offense inside the 20 was Josh Jacobs carrying it um, on 41 carries. You know, But other than that, I don't have much to say about him. I'm staying away from him. Just me personally, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm similar with Tilly when it comes to Josh Jacobs. I'm honestly not the biggest fan. I was a big fan of him last year, but not necessarily this year. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a guy who has been exceptional the past two years, if I'm being honest, and I really like his style of play. He's one of the the hardest runners in the league, in my opinion. He's just a boulder on the goal line, and he really just has a nose for finding the end zone. Yeah, last year he finished with slightly over a thousand yards. He had 12 rushing t- touchdowns and finished as a number eight running back in PPR leagues, which was a great breakout season. Um, there were a few times last season where he gave you huge games. He had five games where he had more than 20 points, but besides that, it felt kind of mediocre in between, but he was consistent where he would give you between 10 to 12 points when he wasn't having those big games. So my only issue with Jacobs last year is the fact that I felt that he was a little bit touchdown dependent due to his lack of usage in the past game. Um, this is a guy who finished third in carries, but barely cracked a thousand yards on the ground. Um, out of everybody in our top 24 he had the lowest yards per carry last year with 3.9 which is a little bit concerning and he only had two games last year we had more than 100 yards which is also a concerning stat in my opinion um, they also brought in Kenyon drake this offseason who was the 16th overall running back in 2020 and i honestly feel like that's a legitimate backup who will take away work from jacobs and i do expect his carries to drop off slightly this season and do expect slight regression in the touchdown category i just feel like 12 is a hard number to repeat. But however, I still expect him to be the clear cut running back one on this team where he will have lots of touchdown opportunities. So as long as he finds a way to be more efficient on the ground, he will still be a solid consistent running back who I prefer as my flex, but he could definitely get
0: by as RB2 um, if you go receiver heavy. And coming in at number 20, we have Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. I love the talent and I love the player. I just don't love the situation and opportunity. The head coach already said he doesn't believe in, like, the one just guy taking all the workload. So I'm already kind of out there. And last year he kind of scarred me. I'm not going to lie people talk about players that scarred you, that you're not going to draft again. I I really do love Miles Sanders, but he scarred me too much. I I just can't do it two years in a row. I don't know about the other guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, what the coach says says it all. I mean, he doesn't believe in a true number one running back. That should raise concern for any fantasy owner trying to draft him. RBBC. Yeah. I don't running back by committee is not the way to go. Um, looking at kind of some draft boards, how he would shape up. He's look it looks like he's going in the fourth round when it wraps back around to that first overall pick. Um, so I think he is a low-end RB2. Not for me. He's a low end RB2 according to his ADP, but I think he's a flex at, you know, like I said, at best, he'll have his games. I do think the talent's there, but the problem is that running back up by committee is never good for fantasy owners. Hey, Joe, I'm not
2: going to lie. When you first said, it, I thought you said BBC, man. I got a little concerned at first, man. But for those who don't know, RBBC means running back by committee. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, monster is a guy who I liked a lot. <laughs> Uh, Coming into last season, um, he was very explosive coming out of his rookie season in 2019 and he was going in the early second round in last year's draft. Um, He definitely let fantasy owners down last year as he dealt with nagging injuries throughout the entire season. I believe he actually came into the season injured and missed the first game now i'm looking at his game log but he definitely had some huge runs last season um and he wasn't completely terrible but he was very inconsistent and you honestly didn't know when to start him in fantasy leagues uh what's encouraging this season is that he does have a very favorable schedule the eagles have the easiest strength to schedule in the league um the eagles offense is expected to, to be a a little bit better with the addition of a few pieces just to highlight a few they did draft landon dickerson who is a the center they drafted out of alabama he was an all american first team all sec they also added heisman trophy winner Devontae smith but um and you know there's also making that change with the new starting quarterback with jalen hurts who i feel brought a lot of energy and life to the eagles offense last season and i still believe in the talent of sanders as he is a very explosive player i believe that the entire Eagles offense just had a terrible year as a whole last year due to the injuries they had on the O-line and then the inconsistent quarterback play of Carson Wentz. But when factoring their when factoring in their strength of schedule and improvements in the offense, I expect Miles Sanders to bounce back from his
0: mediocre season last year. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the uh new old kid on the block, whatever you want to call him. Um that will be Daryl Henderson. That'll be Daryl Henderson. <laughs> <That'll be laughs> Henderson. I was the Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, obviously, it hurts that Cam makers went down, you know, uh, speed, again, speedy recovery to him. But um, Henderson is obviously going to step in, and he was just fine when he was a starter last year. I mean, he was about the full-time guy, I think, for about five or six weeks. Four out of those six weeks, he was a top 20 guy. I think three out of those six weeks, he's a top 12 guy. So his guy, you obviously should be able to lean on, not like completely a 20, 25-touch guy, but he's a guy that can definitely step in and be a high-end to low-end RB2 at worst.
1: Yeah, I definitely, obviously I liked Cam Akers more than I like him here. Um, You know, Daryl Henderson's a good running back, but it's, the volume will be there. It's just whether he can capitalize on the volume. I think that the Rams are going to be up a lot this year. I don't have a whole lot to say about him because we were not anticipating him being the number one guy in that backfield. Um, but yeah, I do think that he is a low-end RB, too. Um, You got to be aware when you draft him. Obviously, we don't know a lot of the names in the backfield, but that's what happens. Nobody knew James Robinson's name last year, and look what happened. He took over the backfield and led the Jags in touches and rushed for 1,000 yards. So, I mean, it's just hard for me to put him somewhere, and I guess that this was the best spot to put him because I do think he's a better pick than Sanders, but I don't think he's a better pick than our next guy. Yeah. Um, He's going to be hard to stay away from just because of how good the Rams are probably going to be, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I actually like Henderson as a player, and there was even a point during the season last year where he actually started over Cam Akers, but he eventually went down for injury and Cam Akers eventually took the role from him. But I believe Henderson will be undervalued in drafts this year simply for the fact that most people probably don't even know his name. Um, according to a Pro Football Focus, they, the Rams have the eighth-ranked offensive line coming into the season, which will definitely open up a lot of running lanes for Henderson. Uh, Sean McVay is an offensive mastermind, and the Rams have been one of the more dominant rushing teams in the league since he has taken the job as head coach. Um, the only reason I believe their rushing attack wasn't as good last year was because they weren't able to establish a consistent pass game, but with an improvement pass game and a dominant offensive line, I believe that the Rams will be able to get back to their roots of having a strong run game. He's able to hold on to the starting role. Henderson would definitely be a steal in this year's draft in my opinion.
0: Um, Going ahead at number 18, we have DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. I'm probably the highest on him. Um, Both of these guys hate Swift for some apparent reason. So I'll let them get off their heat on whatever they don't like.
1: I don't hate him. I just think the team's horrible. I mean, the Lions are – I mean, okay, the coach has got me fired up. I'm not going to lie. If you all have seen what he has been saying to the media, this man says he does not sleep. He runs on caffeine. I mean, he sounds like he's ready to run through a brick wall, but that only does so much at that level.
0: You said the team is horrible. But you have mixing – you know what, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: You think the Bengals are going to be worse than the Lions?
0: I feel like Swift has – okay, to answer your question –
1: I don't care about the upside. Who, think, who do you I think is be think the better so. team?
0: I don't think so, but there is an honest truth to the question. There are multiple guys that take away from Mixon's upside. That's fact.
1: Jamal Williams is a threat to DeAndre Swift on certain downs.
0: DeAndre Swift is the number one receiver and the number one running back.
1: For guys who don't know what's going
2: on, they're debating between Swift and Mixon.
1: How are we debate? I don't understand why we're debating this. They're like <laughs> six you, spots you apart. This is like sucky,
0: <laughs> you said, Swift was on a sucky team, and make the Bengals suck.
1: And I mean, yeah, but they're not as bad as the Lions. The Lions are gonna have the number one overall pick in this. Okay, draft.
0: this is my one, at least my one counter that there's you cannot, there's no comeback for it. Bengals O line sucks. Lions top ten. Go
1: ahead, and give your take, Taylor. Okay. All right. I mean, this guy thinks I'm just a hater. I mean. Swift has the skill set to be a great running back. He doesn't have the team around him to make him look like that. He could, I mean, he, you say something. (laughs) You got a lot to say.
0: Because you act like the Bengals are the Patriots. Like.
1: They don't have the same record as the Patriots this year. Anyway, if I can finally talk, I have nothing wrong with him as a player. I just think that jamal williams is a good backup running back we see that with Aaron. we saw that with aaron jones jamal williams took stuff away from aaron jones you're trying to tell me that if he took stuff away from aaron jones he's not going to take stuff away from swift i mean that's my problem and they're not going to be winning a lot of games so you can only run the ball so much when you're losing unless they're just throwing in the white flag and saying oh yeah i mean in my opinion
2: there was a point in time i did feel similarly to Tilly and the fact that I was just terrified for DeAndre Swift. But I did watch this film today, and I was, I was honestly very impressed. I didn't really watch a lot of Detroit Lions football last season, but I was honestly impressed. Um, he's just so versatile with his ability to be so effective in the pass game, and he'll still give you that great production in the run game where he finished with eight rushing touchdowns last year as a backup and with only playing 13 games. But I predict that he will be one of the main focal points in this offense this season which is why i'm very excited for him this year my only issue like tilly is the offense that he's playing in in detroit um which i believe will be one of the bottom three offenses in the league when it comes to producing yards and points um i already felt (laughs) i know you guys can't see what's going on but tilly's over there shaking his head right now it's just hilarious but I already felt that they were pretty weak of an offense last season, which makes Swift finish as a rookie so impressive where he finished 18th in PPR leagues last year. But I honestly feel like the team got worse this year. Aside from Houston texting... Aside from the Houston Texans, I honestly believe that this is probably the worst offensive roster in the league, which is what terrifies me the most about the Lions. But they also have the sixth hardest schedule in the league, which is also something to consider. However, I believe Swift will get a ton of work all over the field. And I'm not saying he's on these guys' level, but I feel like he has that like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara ability where he can be used in so many ways that it will make up for the struggles that they may face on the ground this year. Um, because I honestly believe teams will stack the box on them this season due to the fact that they have such a lack of receivers and I honestly don't believe that golf can make plays for himself. But I think that will result in him dumping the ball off to DeAndre Swift a whole lot this season. So if you're playing PPR or half-point PPR leagues, I definitely think that DeAndre Swift is a great player to target in your draft this season from a volume standpoint. Uh, Maybe the Lions will prove me wrong this season and will be a decent offense. And if so, DeAndre Swift should have a great year two,
0: come in number 17 we have a Kyle average layer to kansas city chiefs i'm not going to start this time but yes yeah, it's, it's a lot of argument going on for this one too go, go ahead because you, you seem to hate everybody just, just go ahead just keep okay. it rolling keep it rolling
1: i'm not a hater the stats are just what you're gonna get me here with this guy look ahead i think later. i think last year in the first couple weeks he showed what he should be but if you look at it deeper and you dig into the stats Edward Slayer had 15 carries inside the 10 for 13 yards and one touchdown. I don't know about you, but if I got a guy that's running nine rushes for three yards inside the five and one touchdown, I'm just saying if I'm choosing between him and the next guy, I'm trusting the next guy to get in the box before I trust him.
2: (laughs) I definitely need to get in the weight room. That's actually bad. I didn't know that stat. I'm
1: just okay, saying. You knew what he I,
0: was. You knew what he was when you drafted him. Oh He's five feet. You knew what you were getting. Like I'm, not, I, I you. Let, you you, not you,
1: you let me. You gonna let me talk for a for a little bit, or are you gonna cut it every single time? <laughs> I'm
0: just saying. You hate
1: everybody. that I like. I don't hate <laughs> him. I never said I hate him. You said I hate him.
0: All what right, Joe.
1: Joe, what's your take on Clyde, dude? He had 44% of the total offense inside the 20. For a running back, that is extremely low, for me at least.
0: Okay, I'm sorry he plays with the best player in the NFL. He so happens to play quarterback. I'm so sorry. Yes, he's not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. He's not going to wow you and get 80% of Derrick Henry's touches inside the 20. I'm sorry. But listen, I'm not going to sit here and and act like, because it sounds like I just love Clyde as a top 10 running back. I'm not saying that either. All I'm simply saying is, Y'all going off year one, he was hurt a lot of the – year, or not a lot, but he was hurt a good sum of the year. I'm not denying the goal line stats. But, all right, let me say this. Can he get any worse? It can't possibly get worse. Like, you can't say it's going to get worse, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's where I kind of feel. Like, I, I honestly believe that we will look back on last season as an outlier for Clyde. Um I feel like he'll definitely bounce back from last season. I mean, last year he ran for 800 yards, scored four rushing touchdowns. I expect those numbers to increase in both categories. On a, In a good year, I could see him being a 1,000-yard rushing rusher. Um, I think he can get close to eight rushing touchdowns, in my opinion. I mean, the Chiefs are just such a high-scoring offense that will provide plenty of goal-line opportunity for Clyde. I mean, they should also get up a lot in games, which will allow him to run the clock out in garbage time. But, I mean, as we mentioned in a previous episode, they did make considerable improvements to their offensive line. So, they honestly have no excuses for Clyde this year. And I expect him to actually break out. But, yeah, last season was definitely a letdown. I think he was, like, a top-10 pick last year, which was – he just let guys down. But go hey, ahead, you, where,
0: where do you what, – what spot, if you're just taking a dart throw, where, where do you have him finish? where? Where
1: finishing? Where do I have him Finishing? We finished at 22 last year. Yeah, i go ahead to ask and say it's
0: going to get worse.
1: I mean, you said, could it? It could. I don't think yeah. it's going to get worse than 22 this year because we have him higher. I think he could finish at anywhere from 22 to 19, is where I've got him finishing, in yeah. my opinion.
0: He is so he won't finish higher than 19. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just asking a question.
1: I mean, he has no excuse not to. He's got the seventh best offensive line, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think that what we saw in the red zone last year is going to stick. I mean, you an end around Antonio Brown's more likely to score than that.
0: Okay, I mean, I'm just on the I'm just on the side of where Brandon is, and I mean, the O line was terrible last year. The O line was not terrible, but the O line Patrick Mahomes made up for a lot how bad the O line was. Like he made up for a lot of it without people realizing until so they got to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, I I just his ADP is
1: 22. Are you taking him at that ADP?
0: I didn't say. I'm not sitting here saying he'll be top 15. Like I'm just saying, do I want him as my RB two? Mm, it's not really what I want, but would I be okay with it? I would be okay with it. I'm not lying. I would be okay with it, but I'm not. Okay. You would you be mad if he's your number two? Or would you? I'd be, be mad? mad.
1: Who else is available?
0: But that's my point. What are we looking at at 22? Can you pull up the N- on NFC ADP? Tell me the guys that are going around him or in front of him.
1: I just clicked on his name on NFC ADP, and it said ADP 22.24.
0: Okay, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh. The running backs going around him are DeAndre Swift. I don't care what NFC ADP says. There's no reason J.K. Dobbins should be going behind Swift and Edward Jaleer. David Montgomery's going behind him. Chris Carson. I'm taking David
1: Montgomery every day of the week, and Chris Carson i will definitely Are take Carson. Not? over.
0: I'll, I'll definitely take carson i'm not gonna say i'll definitely take montgomery i'm not just gonna definitely just wait say just
1: that. wait till i spit the montgomery stats man go ahead
0: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y- i'm gonna let y'all ride I'm yeah, let's go about. let's um, go ahead and move on i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> let y'all ride man and coming in at number 16 we have chris carson of the seattle seahawks um yeah i think he's a guy to me like he's the robert woods at the running back position he's just for if, if you haven't heard that episode go listen to the wide receiver ranking episode Chris Carson just missed undervalued. I feel like every year you're just happy with what you get and he always goes in the 3rd or 4th round. I just don't get it. Like he never becomes valued. Like yes, if you want to talk about that, I'll take him over Clyde every day of the week. Yes, I'll that there. I'll say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson like Joe said, he's just such a dependable guy. He's somebody who I really like on a year to year basis. I mean, his He's honestly just a value in drafts every year and is a high-end RB2 every single year. I mean, his only issue every year is just the fact that he isn't always healthy and he has yet to complete a whole season without missing a game. Uh, Last year, he finished as the RB17 in half-point PPR leagues while only playing 12 games, which is insane. He finished RB seventeen in twelve games. If he played the whole season, he would have had the potential to finish in the RB twelve range, so it would have made him a solidified RB one. Um, and I, and just to mention in a previous episode, um, I honestly don't even believe that the Seahawks were playing at their best, and they should be much more improved coming into this season. Uh, Carson also signed a two year extension this season, which solidifies that the Seahawks have committed to him as their workhorse running back. And I see Carson picking up from where he left off last season as a high-end RB2 with the potential for RB1 upside if he does stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Pete Carroll's made it clear that he wants to continue to establish the run. Um, And I do think that the biggest threats in the offense are on the outside. Um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Um, So I think that if you cover those guys, it's going to open up holes for Chris Carson. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons before last year, and, I mean, I'm just really excited to see him play. Hopefully a full 16 and sit in the last game because they should be in the playoffs, um, assuming. He's averaging 4.6 yards per carry for his career. I think that's solid. And, you know, 2018-9 touchdowns, 2019-7. Last year he only played in 12 games, but he had five. I do think the touchdown number will be there. So I do agree with Brandon. He can honestly end as a low end RB1, high end RB2, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: So uh, go ahead to our next guy who finished way higher than anybody could ever imagine last year. Um, that'll be Mr. David Montgomery, the Chicago Bears. I- I- I'll just let Brandon Ortilio, or whoever, go. Cause, yeah,
1: nah, let guys. me go first because you-, you say I'm a hater on everyone. I'm not a hater on this guy. This guy is, I think he is a. They're going to hate me because the Bears are not good. And it's the same thing with Swift. But hold up, hold I do up, think up. that the Bears are. Did they not
0: just make the playoffs?
1: Okay. But is Andy Dalton their quarterback this year?
0: Is Andy Dalton better than Mitchell Trubisky? The answer is hell yes. Wait, yeah. The answer is hell yes. <laughs>
1: okay. Sorry. The Bears, the Bears aren't, they're going to be wild card at best. Is that better for you?
0: If you want mixing on a sucky team, I like Montgomery there.
1: So this guy had 44 carries inside the 20 last year, accounting for 66% of the total offense. Um, that's a substantial number when you look at it. I do think that he is arguably the safest RB2, in my opinion. The next guy and him are the safest RB2s. But inside the 20, he had, like I said, 44 carries for 137 yards and seven touchdowns. And that's quality work when you're inside the 20. I mean, I really like this guy. I'll be targeting him in my draft, to be honest, if he's there. Uh, like I said, it depends who's around him, though. But I do think that he is a safe RB, two, Like you um, like did last year with RB1 upside, he finished as an RB1 for a lot of guys, and he helped some guys win some games.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit more on the opposite side of Tilly in this regard. I mean, I really like David Montgomery. I really like the way he broke out at the second half of the season last year. He finished with seven touchdowns in the last five games and scored with 20 or more fantasy points in his last six games. I mean, it was just incredible. What worries me is how he began the season last year. I mean, from weeks one to 11, he was running back 23 and was averaging 10.6 fantasy points per game and half point PPR which is almost like a bench guy, if, if, if we're being honest. Um, but Over the second half of the season, after week 11, he was the running back two behind Derrick Henry, where he averaged 24 points per game. So he went from averaging 10 points per game to 24. He made an incredible jump. But it's also important to mention that he did have a considerably easier schedule down that stretch. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I definitely think. It's just an important stat to mention. I think this year, Montgomery has a lot to prove of whether last year was a result of an easy schedule or if he is able to produce those same numbers against tough competition. Uh, The Bears have the third toughest strength of schedule this year, and I'm interested to see how Montgomery competes. Um, He should get a ton of volume, like Tilly mentioned, probably the most out of everybody we have named so far, which usually results in fancy production. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, the coaches have had a lot of great things to say about him this offseason, and I'm just
0: ready to see how he responds this upcoming season. We're coming in at number 14, we have Antonio Gibson. And obviously these two guys love him a lot. I love him a lot. I think the whole fantasy community loves him a lot. Um, rama Vargas is his coach, so maybe we all just want to be using that CMC type role. And I know that's just not going to happen the exact same way, but you can give me anywhere near that type of usage. Gibson is just a playmaker with the ball in his hands. So, yeah, I want all the Gibson, but I know where I'm sitting at in a draft, we already have our draft um, picks. I'm not getting him when I'm drafting with these two, so I'm not even going to waste my time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Gibson a lot. I think he's going to have a great second year. Um, the workload's going to be there. Inside the 20, I keep going back to this, but he was extremely efficient, 29 carries for 92 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, go to lord. It, i mean that's efficiency right there if you've ever seen it but i got a question for you guys quickly are you taking say all three of these guys are on the board are you taking him jk dobbins or Najee harris
2: i was contemplating that right before this episode and honestly i might take gibson over all three of those guys i think i think oh, i'm no. going Gibson
1: Fixed and the I, and i'm a
2: Steelers fan and joking joking joe can, joe, can, joe can tell you I'm one of the biggest J.K. Dobbins fans, but I actually might take Gibson. This
0: is gonna contradict my draft strategy because my answer is J.K. So obviously that means that's Ooh,
1: J.K. in the second round. Oh, nah. I just, this man was hating on you. Hey, hey, I've, I've been bro. trying listen, to talk listen. Joe into
0: getting. Listen, okay. though, I, yes, I a, I'm having it. a I'm having a change of heart. Some I was watching NFL Network today, and uh, the guy was reporting at camp. He he got me he t- got me turned, man. He said jk can have like a 14 1500 yards type season yes i'm like, I'm like
1: i know i've been telling you all offseason like, hey of save some for the next episode about him okay yeah yeah let's chill, okay. let's chill. come on
2: come but on. i'm gonna go ahead and leave, him. leave. <laughs> i'll take Dobbins. i'll
1: take Dobbins. <laughs> now you might and i make me
2: want to change my mind but nah
1: <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't have much more to say about him i think that his adp you're gonna have to make a decision like that and it's just his personal preference i guess but, I mean, I like it. I like where he's going. I think that he's going to have even better year. Um, the Washington football team, their defense will be, um, I think, really solid this year. So, I think he'll have more opportunities to run the ball when leading in games, especially playing in that sorry division.
2: Yeah, I mean, Antonio Antonio Gibson is a guy who I really – I'm just really excited about this year, and I was absolutely blown away by his film when I was doing research earlier today. I mean, he's just a big body running back. He's 6'2", 221, almost has the size of somebody like Ezekiel Elliott. I think he actually might be a little bit taller, and he has incredible athleticism for his size. He ran a 4'3 in the NFL combine. Um, He finished as the RB12 in half-point PPR last season while missing two games, and being knocked out early in one of them um after just getting two carries, which is insane for a rookie running back. And it's even more impressive that he did this on such a low scoring offense as Washington was the seventh worst scoring offense in the league, and Gibson only finished with Gibson only finished 18th in rushing attempts last year, which is crazy. And just to give you all some context, Antonio Gibson had less carries than Frank Gore last season. And he finished as the RB12. I'm just let y'all sleep on that. He had less carries than Frank Gore. Um, I expect a crazy breakout season this year where I expect a crazy uptick in volume for Gibson, where I expect him to be even better than he was last year. I expect the Washington offense to be even better this year, which should make things easier for him than it was last year. Um, He is now entering his second year in the league. He didn't even get a real preseason last year so i expect him to come back even more polished, and i'm really looking forward to a major breakout year for him this
0: year only quick little nugget i have is the man basically only played 13 games and he had 11 touchdowns and only 170 carries just 11 rushing touchdowns that's crazy productivity to have 11 rushing touchdowns and 170 carries on a bad team (laughs) because i'm sure we all agree he's easily going to be in the I'm I'm just gonna say my number. I think he'll be in a 220.
2: It'll be a workhorse. I where,
0: but see, I'll, I'll I'll see like 50 more carries this year, personally. Yeah, he's a workhorse. Coming in at number 13 is Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I want I want Tilly to go first because because yeah 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 go first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just kidding. I don't really have anything against him. Um, his ADP is a little uh, a little high for me right now, 17th, but. You got something to say? Say Let it. me just
0: ask a question. So, with the offensive of line being as terrible as it is, and the Bengals are going to suck as bad as they are, the Bengals and the Lions have—they both are tied for sixth hardest schedule. You who's Joe
1: Mixon? Who's team? Joe Mixon's competition?
0: Oh, hundred percent agree. Na-
1: name, name, name their backup running back. All right, on then. you on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. I, only name, only name, other aspect.
0: Name. Only other aspect I could use for Swift is that. He has no competition in the receiving game.
1: You ever heard of TJ Hawkinson? No. Mr. <laughs> Mullet. Mr. Mr.
2: Mr. Who? Oh, God. Mr. Mullet. Mr. Mullet. Mr. Oh, God. You need to cut it. <laughs> Go
1: ahead. No, but I mean, when he's healthy, he ran for back to back 1,000 yard seasons, but he's not that, like Joe said, the offensive line isn't great. Um, you know, they have issues at the tackle position. They might be starting one of their draft picks, Deontay Smith, at left tackle. Shout out, ECU. Shout out. Um, but, you know, it's he's not going to give you those pretty numbers that you're going to get from some other guys, but you're going to stop watching his game because it's on a red zone. And you're going to look at the end of the game and be like, oh, he got me 13 fantasy points because he found the box, but he only he had 13 carries for 29 yards or something like that. Um, but that's how I see Joe Mixon. Honestly, I think that he's going to uh, be one of those guys that's got. Do you
2: hear yourself? Yeah, I don't you're going to take him that. over Swift. Wait, 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 wait. I think I think we're downplaying Mixon just a little bit, though.
0: No, not, I'm not. I, I
2: completely
0: I am. agree with I you. Am. Saying, but I'm just <laughs> saying, hear me out. You can get Swift a whole round later.
1: That's why I said I'm not picking him. I literally said that when I started this, I'm All not right. picking him. I said his ADP is too rich for me. What? Let, I
0: let me let, let me let me
2: let me say my take here. I mean so like, hold on,
1: hold on. All I'm yeah, saying is right I know me. my draft, I know my draft pick, and I have guys on the board, and I'm not worried about having to even bother with picking picking Joe Mixon.
0: Well, we're talking about this for the people who are.
1: Okay, and I said, I mean, if you're dra- we might need to fix these. We should have fixed these before the episode. Are you taking him? Or Antonio Gibson.
2: I'm taking Gibson over Mixon. But I'll take Mixon over Montgomery. Huh? Yes. Don't I act confused. We <laughs> we all agreed on this. We did agree on this. Oh.
0: Now I disagree. All right, I've been up since five, let me, let I've me been up say since my
2: 5 AM. T- say a. my take. Okay. I understand. That everybody's upset about what happened with Mixon last year. But prior to last season, Mixon finished 13th overall at running back in 2019. finished ninth in 2018, um, where he's just been an absolute workhorse running back for the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have always been bad. This is not anything new. Um, He's only 25 years old, entering his fifth year in the league, which is surprising because when you hear his name, you think of him as like one of those seasoned vets. He's a young player. He's only a couple years older than us. Um, what I like about Mason this year is that he might be on the best offense that Mason has been a part of his whole career with the Bengals, which will relieve him of running against a stack box and will hopefully allow him to stay much health- healthier this season. Um, he also doesn't have any competition. Um, as we mentioned, the backup is Samaj Piran to let go of Gio Bernard this offseason. Um, he is a guy who you can potentially grab as your RB2, who I feel will get the workload of a RB1 in fantasy leagues. Um, my only fear is his strength of schedule, which is tied six, six hardest in the league. Um, he's playing in the AFC North. He'll have to face the Steelers, Ravens and Browns twice during the season, which accounts for six. Of the 17 games, considering you'll be playing your championship in week 17. Um, However, his volume should make up for any struggles the Bengals may face on the offensive end. And he's also heavily utilized in the pass game as well. If he stays healthy, Mixon, in my opinion, is definitely someone you should want to target as a high-end RB2 with the potential of playing as an RB1. I mean, he's never, last two seasons, like I said, I mean, he finished 13th and he finished 9th. In my opinion, I mean, I have a question for you guys. Do you feel as though the Bengals have a worse or better offense than the than the Bears?
1: Offensive line-wise, the Bears probably have a better offensive line. But wider skill position-wise, the Bengals have a better— well, Which
2: team do you think is going to score the most
0: points?
1: Well, it's kind of hard because the Bengals are going to be getting smacked around by the Steelers and the Ravens, so they're going to score more points— I don't know. I think that I don't
0: want somebody who's playing the Ravens twice, the Steelers twice, and the Browns twice. But you I'm just said to, you just <laughs> said that, you just <laughs>
1: said the Bears had a harder
0: schedule. <laughs> I feel you, but I'm not that scared of the Packers or the Lions. Or name one matchup you look forward to playing. <laughs> no, I, I get what division. you're saying. I get
2: what you're saying. But I'm saying he's no. had
0: to play them his whole career. But you're he's looking nothing at new. Tops when you see the Lion on Montgomery,
1: no. But the biggest the biggest thing about Mixon that I will agree with would be what is and like I said earlier, his competition in the backfield. There's, he's getting the carries, so the workload is there. Yes, you are raising your hand. What's up?
0: I just feel like yes, the rushing workload is there,
1: but he's never played with this amount of
0: receiving talent that is going to take away from his receptions. That's that's just something. But I he's losing like Gio Bernard, who took a lot from his. Receptions this is
1: also. this is this is for the people. This ain't our personal preference. I've given my personal preference. I'm not drafting him. But I'll for take the Joe. I'll
2: take Joe Mixon over at Montgomery any day. I think he's just a better player. Based
0: off Mixon's ADP, especially where you're drafting at in the second round on the turnaround.
2: Now I already told you we we do have to – we do probably have to move him. I'll definitely take Gibson over him.
1: The the hard thing is since we know our spot now, the rankings are swayed more towards who we'd be able to get. Not so much who's like – because like – I mean, none of us are getting McCaffrey unless – yeah. Something happens And crazy. also
2: with rankings, it's hard to rank because sometimes you look at people's upside and what they could finish as compared to like, where would you actually draft him at? Who would you rather draft over this guy? And I feel like that's where it gets difficult when ranking guys because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mixon finished over Gibson, but at the same time, I don't want him more than Gibson. I'd rather have Gibson. I feel more secure.
0: I'm not that. saying they should flip spots, but... That's how I feel about Carson, too. Yeah, yeah. I would have switched Taylor out for Gibson somewhere in there. I'm just going to speak for myself. I actually agree, too. I'm not I'm not the biggest. I'm not going to draft it that I mean, way. We'll, we'll
2: get into that next I'm next episode. I
0: think about we've come day. to the conclusion that we love Gibson in this episode. You had to pick one guy. Our favorite question, every position ranking so far. Pick one dark horse and no explanation of why he will finish in the top 24. Well, I'll give you 30 seconds to explain why he'll finish in the top 24.
1: Michael Carter, turn on the tape, watch it. Watch the UNC backfield last year. Michael Carter is going to finish as a top 24 running back. I think he is going to be someone that you can trust in the flex. I know he's on the Jets, but their offensive line has improved more than people think it is.
2: Yeah, my guy was Mike Davis. He's the same guy who I had in my sleeper episode. I just think the volume is going to be there. Um, I think he showed last year that he's a pretty serviceable running back who – could definitely be a RB two on your fantasy team if you do choose to wait at the RB position. But yeah, my guy's Mike Davis.
0: I'll say Chase Edmonds. I, I have no clue why I'm. I, wanna I like that. I have no clue why I want to do it. But I just feel like the potential is really there. Like I know it was pretty bad last year when he got like 29 Ks. Only has 71 yards when he did have a chance to be over. That's that is really awful. But I just feel like the it's upside there. Sorry, it's it's upside there. Um. And he's in a very potent offense. That's how I look at it.
1: And James Conner got the injury bug.
0: Yeah, you already he got a him. toe injury or something already. Yeah, we're not going to get on a holiday thing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take all this right. out. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. We appreciate anybody who stayed around and listened this long. Like I said, we know it was long, but at the end of the day, we're still trying to get you guys – we don't try to make them this long, but we try to get you guys the best content that we can and, you know, give you, like, as thorough – examination of these as we can and you know to help you out when the draft time's coming for you um yeah but you guys can follow us on twitter and instagram at podcast egs and again that'll be podcast egs and you can find all our episodes on there um you can go listen to those listen to our current ones our old ones we appreciate any uh follow support um unless the guys got anything to say um got anything to say Yeah,
2: this is definitely an entertaining episode. A lot of great debates, but yeah, definitely be on the lookout. We have our top 12 running back episode coming next. So definitely be on the lookout for that on social media. But yeah, we appreciate all the support.